0: The Lord's had me on this road of revelation about the power of God. And uh, we've been talking about assigning the power and we'll continue to talk about that this evening. But I want to look this morning at this subject of faith. Faith in the power. Faith in the power. And um, what uh, what we see today... And and this isn't in every place, and and I'm certainly not being, uh, um, you know, uh, critical of anyone or any any group. That's not my place. Uh, but what we what we tend to see a lot today is a lot of performance. Uh, we see a lot of uh, of uh, focus on on entertaining. Uh, we see a lot of focus on, uh, you know, uh, people giving words. And we got all kind of predictive prophecy. Uh, it seemed like every, every day you turn on uh, your, your, uh, your TV, you, you look at your YouTube feed, and every day somebody's got a prophecy. And, and this is going to change, and that's going to change, and this is the time. And, and well, here, here's, the, here's the issue. You know, you have to be so cautious. Brother Hagen, uh, who walked very steadfastly and very honorably in the office of the prophet, he made a statement. He said 90% of the prophet's office is in private. 90%. He said 90% of what God tells me, I never tell anybody. 90%. And you got people today that call themselves prophets that have a prophecy a day. And, and to the best that I can discern, none of them have come true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? When, when, you, when, when people start substituting power for anything else, they're, they're getting out of the alignment with the things of God. There there are things such as, as prophecy and the office of the prophet, and we value that, and we don't denigrate that at all. But the, the point is, is under the new covenant, under the new covenant, you are never supposed to be led by a prophet or by a prophecy. The only illustration that we have, the only specific illustration that we have of the prophet in the New Testament in, the, in, the, four, in, in, in the, the, the epistles is in the book of Acts with the prophet Agabus. And we see him twice, twice involved in, in the life of the apostle Paul. And he came the first time and, and it says him and other prophets came and they stood up and said there's going to be a famine. And they encouraged the people to send aid to the church. But he just came and said what was going to happen. The second time, Paul is on his way to Rome. Actually on his way to Jerusalem, ultimately got to Rome. He's on his way to Jerusalem and it says Agabus came who was a prophet. It's, It's specific to tell us he was a prophet. And it said he took Paul's belt and said this is what's going to happen in Jerusalem to the man that owns this belt. That's all he said. He didn't tell him what to do. He didn't tell him to go or not to go. He said, this is what is going to happen. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and it was up to Paul from there on. What, whatever he decided to do. Amen. Hallelujah. You do not lessen an office by emphasizing what you're supposed to do with that office. You follow me? Yes. Hallelujah. Well, God uses the prophets to speak in the name. God uses His church To speak into nations. And the prophet is a part of that church. What the church has to focus on. Is the power of God. That has the ability to change things. I'm telling you. If we don't focus On what God is saying and what God is wanting to do. Because you've got people that are speaking out of both sides of their mouth. They're talking about how horrible and bad things are in the nation. And we're all going to hell in a handbasket. But then right on the other hand. But we want to speak faith. You can't speak faith over the nation. When you've talked about how it's all falling apart. At the very least you cancel one of them out. Amen. It's the power... Of God, Amen. Everybody say the power of God. Power. Luke twenty four and verse forty nine. Luke twenty four and verse forty nine. And this is, of course, when Jesus is uh, worshiping with the disciples after his forty uh, day time on the earth after he rose from the dead. And he says in verse forty nine, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry in the city of Jerusalem notice this until you be endued until you be clothed with fight, with with power from on high i send the promise of my father upon you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be clothed or endued with power from on high. So the first thing the resurrected Christ did after ascending to the Father was to send the promise of the Father. It's the first thing he did. All right. And, and we know the promise of the Father ultimately was the Holy Spirit. But notice what he said would come on them when the power of the Holy Spirit came. He said, "I will. you're going to be clothed with power. You're going to be clothed with power. It's the Greek word dunamis, of course. It means wonder working power. It literally means a miracle in itself. All right. A a miraculous ability. But the point is, is that he said the promise of the father. Now, hear me when I say this. I don't want you to go out here and say I'm saying something I'm not. He didn't say the promise of the father was tongues. He said the promise of the father was power. Tongues is the initial evidence that you've received the power. Amen. He says the result of sending the promise of the Father was power on their lives. One translation says until you've been invested with power from above. Another says until you're armed with the power from above. And so not only does he say this power is going to come on you, he says, I don't want you to go anywhere until it's invested in you. Amen. Because this is the genesis of the church. Amen. You know, I've heard for a number of years. Why don't we have the power that the early church had? If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the same power. All of us are wired for power. Praise God. Amen. And, and this is not a message to say you need to do something. This is a message to say who you are and what you have. Amen. I have that power. I'm wired for power. Amen. 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 Why? Because I became, when I got born again, I became the dwelling place of the Holy Ghost. But Jesus said to the woman at the well, He said, He said, there will be in you a well of water, right? Coming up from on the inside of you, well, for personal use. My salvation changed me personally. When I got saved, it changed me radically. It changed you radically. Amen. But then Jesus said in John 7, if you're thirsty, if you're not born again, if you're not living for God, come to Him and you can drink. And there's a subsequent experience that will happen. And now there'll be rivers of living water that'll that'll come up from the inside of you. Jesus, uh, John said in the book of Luke, he made this statement. He said, he that sent me to baptize said, there's one coming, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to tie. It said, he is the one that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Now, I think it's significant that Luke is the only one of the gospel writers that emphasizes that point, that Jesus is not only your Savior, that's the most important thing, but He is also the one who baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. Yes. And fire. What does that mean? When you get the Holy Ghost, now, now listen, when you get infilled with the Holy Ghost, what comes on you is not just tongues, it's power its power there's a power that comes on you amen hallelujah and and that's why when you have churches and you have people that that you know there are denominations and again I'm, I'm not just talking disparagingly of anyone But they they don't believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And because they don't believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost you never see any works of power. You never see anyone healed, anyone set free. You never see any of the manifestation of the nine gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because you have to be a channel for the power to flow through. And when you open your life up to be infilled with the Holy Ghost, you become a landing spot for the power of God. You become a landing spot for the Holy Ghost. And He can begin to manifest himself yes. through our lives. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Do, do, do you see that? Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. God. So we don't want to just experience a feeling. We want to experience the power. Yes. Oh, glory. Look at, look at Acts 1. Acts chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Man, we used to sing that song when I was a boy growing up in church. They were in the upper chamber. They were all in one accord. When the Holy Ghost descended as a promise of the Lord. Oh, Lord, send the power. Just now. It's the power of God. Amen. Over and over again, the Bible talks about the power Of God, you'll be clothed with power. Power will come on you. You'll have power to be witnesses, and people will say, "Well, that's that's you know God's done so much for you. You'll witness to people." That's not what that means. It means there will be a power on you that will make you a witness that when he talked about the power, oh Lord, I'm getting ahead of myself, but when he talked about the power coming on you and you will be witnesses to me, one of the very first witnesses was in Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John walked by the lame man at the gate beautiful that had been there all of his life from what we can see. He was above 40 years old, and he had been there. They laid him daily. And he, they walked through the gate. And it says he looked to them expecting something. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have. What had he just got? Power. He had just got power. Now, what opened the channel for that power? In the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. The power operated through that channel. Peter could have walked by that man three days before and had nothing to give him. Now he's got power. When did he get power? When the Holy Ghost came on him. Did he speak in tongues? Yes, but he got power. He didn't get tongues, he got power. I said he didn't get tongues, he got power. The the, the tongues was evidence of the power. Amen. And he preached such a powerful sermon... On on the day of Pentecost, that 3,000 people at one time gave their lives to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1. Oh, thank you, Lord. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Jesus speaking again. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me. Now notice it doesn't say witnesses about me or witnesses of me. Witnesses unto me. In other words, unto me. Unto me meaning what? Unto me meaning you will be witnesses that I'm still alive. Every time somebody's healed, it's not evidence that that person's anointed. It's evidence that Jesus is alive. That power is still in us. Oh, glory to God. And he said, you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The the original says that you will receive the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. You will receive the power of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. So again, the promise Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come... They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. What was that the sound of? Power. Amen. The Holy Spirit came into the earth in such a fashion. He split the sound barrier and it sounded like a rushing mighty wind coming in that room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Why was it so loud? Power was coming into that room. Power was coming into them. Everything was about to change. You know, very often people people kind of poke fun at the apostles. I'm not saying you do, but you know, you'll hear people talk about the apostles this and the apostles that. Listen, I understand they had their troubles and they had their problems. But after the power of the Holy Ghost came on them, they turned the world upside down. Because it was power. It was power. Paul and his companions went into Ephesus. And you'll remember they called them into the Colosseum. And they begin to say, those that have turned the world upside down have come here. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory Amen. to God. Mm. Say out loud, I'm wired, for power. I'm wired for power. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Woo. Amen. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So again, we see tongues was the evidence of having received. You know, there are people that will argue and say, well, you know, tongues isn't the, always the initial evidence. This is not what the Bible says we just stay with what the Bible says. Everywhere that anyone in the Acts was filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. Y'all are Pentecostal, right? Everywhere that they were filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke with tongues. It's not a Pentecostal doctrine. It's a Bible doctrine. They laid hands on them everywhere where they were filled with the Holy Ghost, except in, in the house of Cornelius, where you see that people were fi- here and in the house of Cornelius, when people were filled with the Holy Ghost, they had hands laid on them, unless they were being refilled with the Holy Ghost. So there are subsequent infillings. Ephesians chapter 5 says, be being filled with the Holy Ghost. Be being filled. So you can get refilled today. If, if you hadn't been topped off in a while, you can get topped off this morning. Amen. Might just be drunk in the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. People will walk out saying, why do they stagger around? Why do they fall on the ground? They're feeling fine, drinking new wine, drunk in the Spirit again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. In order to receive the power, notice something. They had to be where Jesus told them to be. He said, you go to Jerusalem and you wait there for the power. Amen. You go and you wait for the power. The power has to have a landing place. Our lives, the power, for the power to flow... The power has to have a landing place. It has to have a place that it can be channeled. They welcomed the power. Why? They were expecting the power. They were expecting. When you get up in the morning and you're expecting the power of God to flow through your life that day, opportunities for the power to flow will show up. Because I'm expecting something to happen. Amen. Amen. Had they not been where they were told to be, the power would have no landing place. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, location is pertinent to power. It's pertinent to power. You've got to be where God told you to be. Ever what it may be. You've you got to be where God told you to be. We have, we have Old Testament examples. Uh, uh, arise, uh, 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 go, go to the brook, and I've commanded the ravens to feed you there. Is that right? If, if he'd have went to some other brook, there would have been no ravens. Because God said, I've commanded them to feed you there. That's where they're going. And then after the brook dried up, he said, now arise, get thee to Zarephath, for I have prepared a widow woman there to sustain you. there. To sustain you. Now, not only do we not see the prophet arguing with God, we see him getting up and going. Because that's where the power's at. Wherever God told you to be is where the power's going to meet you. Hallelujah. That, that, that's, where, that's where the power's going to meet you. Wherever God told you to be, life change will be the result. Wherever God told you to be, things will get better. If God told you to be in this church, here's what I can guarantee you. Your life will get better. Things will get better. It has, it has less to do with me or my wife as it does with you being where God told you to be. Because where God told you to be is where there's an assignment for the power that can change your life. And if you'll show up and enlist and do what God's telling you to do, the power will show up and change your life. Hallelujah. You listen, where the power's concerned, you can't wait around the kiddie pool. Amen. I've seen people before say we're going swimming and they're wading. I mean in the natural. Right? They're, they're out there walking around in knee-deep water. You're not swimming. You're waiting. They got a lifeguard sitting there. Why do you need a lifeguard? The water's not even up to your knees. You don't need no lifeguard. You're waiting. Amen. The power is out there over your head. The power is something we can't describe. The power is something that alters your life. Oh, glory to God. The evidence of the power is a changed existence. Mm. Amen. Do you see that? I say, do you see that? and that and that power and hear me hear me when i say this that that power is not something that you can get the totality of watching online that power is not something that you can get just kind of showing up whenever i choose to the power is something that i've got to be involved in i've got to be ready i've got to make myself available to the power amen hallelujah I don't, I don't read a lot of statistics, but I read something the other day, and it said that uh, some, I, I forget the exact percentage, but a rather large percentage of people were not sure if they were going to go back to church. And I thought that doesn't surprise me, because when all that junk in the world happened, people so de-emphasized the church, pastors even de-emphasized the church. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that, that there weren't things that needed to be done and things we had to do. I mean, there were but, 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 but here's, here's the point. I drove by a church the other day that to my knowledge is still not open. And I, I drove by and, it's, and it has on their sign. God is with you everywhere and always. So have faith. And it just popped in my mind. I'm not being facetious. And I thought, except in your church. Because you're telling people God's with you everywhere and always, but you won't open the doors. So what you're saying is God's with you everywhere but here. In other words, you're safe everywhere but here. You're safe to go to the grocery store. You're safe to go out to eat. But you're not safe in the presence of God Himself. If you've got the power of God flowing in your, in your church, in your congregation, there are things the power of God will burn out. There are things the power of God will keep you from. Because Peter said, we are kept by the power of God. There there are those under my voice, and you know who you are, and I know who you are, and we have come through things. You came through things last year that you would not have made it through were it not for the power of God. But when you needed it the most, the power showed up. The power showed up and brought you out. You're kept by the power. You want to be where the power's at. I want to plug in where the power's at. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. I believe God. I believe God. Whoo. Hallelujah. I believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The power of God. And, 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 and and I'm, I'm not, I'm listen, understand me. I'm not picking on anyone. That's everybody's got to do every, every pastor has to do what they believe that God told them to do or what they feel like is right. But here's, here's what I've come to understand is, is, is that when you start substituting the power of God, you see a change start dropping off in people's lives. I listen. Here's the thing. I made the determination a long time ago that a person might leave my church because they don't like me. They might leave my church because they got offended about something else. But they will never leave my church because the power of God's not there. I will not allow the power of God to be at a deficit in my church. Every time you come here, the potential to be healed is here. The potential to be delivered. The potential to be set free is here. Why? The power is present. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Ha ha ha. Amen. Say it out loud I'm open to the power. Mmm. I'm open to the power. Mm. That that power will change your finances. It'll change your life. Amen. That that lame man he asked for money. He got power. And, and how many know the power ultimately changed his financial situation? because he couldn't work he couldn't right but after that day everything changed how many remember when you came into church and nothing was right and everything was going wrong but one encounter with the power of God and everything changed hallelujah hallelujah You, you want your family encountering the power of God you want your children encountering the power of God amen hallelujah now now, now now I find myself explaining myself because I want you to hear my heart. I, I'm I'm not s I i am not know that there's times that as families, you know, we're not in church, and I understand that, and, and you know I understand that. I'm I'm gonna be going on a vacation in September, going all the way up to Yankee land, up in Boston. And uh, go, Amen. Promised land, Pastor Ron said. Amen. Going up there to see my daughter. Praise God. Hallelujah. But here here's the thing. So I I realize that. But here's what I want you to understand. I see such a uh an issue today. Families just missing church for nothing. Just, just making decisions that, you know, well, I'm just going to keep my kids home. We're going to keep my kids home. And they never encounter the power of God. The, those children are never sitting in the sanctuary when the power of God is moving. Amen. And so that's why the world... Become so attractive. Because they see something in the world. They don't see in the church. Amen. I want my child under the anointing. I want my grandchild under the anointing. Because, because there's something that I I will never forget. It was it was in a service where the Holy Spirit was moving. At eight years old, that it just jumped in my heart. I need to be born again. I need to be saved. How much sinning can you do by the time you're eight? Not much. But sitting on that front row while A.J. Lewis was preaching the Word of God, and the Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, sitting there, I looked at my mother, and I said, I need to be saved. I need to be born again. And I went up and got born again, and shortly thereafter, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm speaking in other tongues at eight and a half, nine years of age. My life was impacted. By the time I was 10 years old, I knew what God wanted me to do with my life, your child does not have to go through life not knowing what they're supposed to do, not having any direction. Get them hooked up to the power. Glory to God. Amen. The only thing that's wrong with the teenagers of today, people run their mouth about that. The only thing that's wrong is there's a void of the power of God. That's it. That's it. Amen. Are are you following me? The answer is the power. The answer is the power. Amen. When, When you're sitting in a church and you see somebody who is blind get healed, that impacts you. Amen. You know, when I was a boy growing up, they, listen, they cast out devils in church. Amen. I mean, you might be sitting there and somebody was getting prayed for and all of a sudden you'd hear, and the pastor would say, come out of them in the name of Jesus. You know, and, and, and I'm not talking some funky deliverance stuff. We didn't take them to the back room and put them through a list and throw up in the bucket. It was come out of them in the name of Jesus. And as a little kid, you're sitting there and your eyes are this big around. You see the, ah, and then come out of them in the name of Jesus. And it did a couple things. Man, it showed you the power of God, and it gave you respect for the man or the woman of God. They're standing up there, and they're not afraid of a demon. They're not afraid of the devil. They're not afraid of anything he has to offer. Amen. Whew. Glory to God. Amen. I was I was I had been listen I had been pastoring at the time twenty something years full time, and my pastor told the story about a young lady that came in in their office the the, the first church they pastored and uh, uh, was there for uh, 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 to talk to them counsel spiritual guidance whatever it was and and begin to manifest a demon, and Miss Jeannie jumped on her. <laughs> Amen. And it just blessed me. Pastor said, I ran around that desk and got on her, put my knee in her back and was holding her. And Jeannie's casting out the devil. Now, he said, Jeannie, I didn't say it. He said, my wife is casting out the devil. Man, I'm born again all those years in full-time ministry. And I just wanted to jump up and say, that's my pastor. That's my pastor. Amen. You see what I'm saying? The power. Of God. When asked what he believed the Lord was doing in the last days, Brother Hagin would often state, God is endeavoring to establish strong local churches that know how to flow with the Spirit of God. God. Amen. The flow of the Spirit is a flow of power. No, no, notice in Ephesians 1. Am I helping you this morning? Yes, yes. Ephesians 1. Oh, hallelujah. And, 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 and it just takes people that are willing to be a landing place. I'm just willing to be a landing place. Ephesians 1 and 18. He says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. And notice, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power, To usward or toward us who believe. Now notice that. According to the working of His mighty power. One translation says, how surpassingly great His power is for us who believe. Now notice something. Notice who that power is for. Us who believe. Us who believe. Believe in what? Well, God and Jesus, of course, but in the power. If the power's going to flow, you got to believe in it. you got to believe in it. Hallelujah. Another translation says, And how tremendous is the power available to us who believe. So, the power is there and available for those of us that believe. That's a good place to say, I believe in the power. power. Hallelujah. Now, notice. mm, The Father wants us to know some things. Number one, the hope of His calling. The hope of His calling. That we may know the hope of His calling. Secondly, the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. But then, the exceeding greatness... Of his power that is towards us or that is available for us who believe. So the father says, I want you to recognize and realize the greatness of the power that I am able to exercise toward you. When you believe, you know, we, we, we read stories through the word of God and, and, you know, they're really not stories. They're revelations, but we say stories. When, when you take, for instance, the account of the children of Israel marching around Jericho. Now, very often, you know, the, the focus is on other things. But here's what I want you to focus on. You know, uh, they, they will say, well, the, the walls were so thick that chariots raced on top. Well, I believe that. I mean, history records that. But here's, here's the point. <laughs> they're, they're acting in obedience. The, Hebrews 11 says it was faith. It says, by faith, they can pass the walls. By faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in what God said. Now, I've, I've heard people teach this. I've, I've heard liberal theologians actually teach this. That, that the sound waves from those trumpets are what broke the walls. You know, they had to have a lot of trumpets and a lot of people. That's kind of like the guy said, well, you know, the place that they crossed the Red Sea uh, when, they, when they came out of Egypt, it was only three to six inches deep. And, and just one old Pentecostal pastor, he said, boy, that's even a greater miracle. He said, how's that? He said, God drowned the whole Egyptian army in three to six inches of water. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that right? But here's the point that I want you to see. What did they do when they marched around that wall? They put themselves in a position to be a channel for the power of God. And when they obeyed God and blew the ram's horns and shouted, the power of God came into manifestation. It was the power of God that destroyed that city. Amen. Now notice here. He says it's that greatness of that power that he wants to exercise towards us on our behalf. Verse 20, which now remember, don't take verse 20 and separate it from what we've been reading. Because notice, I know the punctuation is not anointed, but it's not a period. It's a comma. And he's talking about the exceeding greatness of his power, the working of his mighty power. That same mighty power that he wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, so here's, oh my Lord, Lord help me. Ha, ha, ha. One translation says, it's like the mighty strength. That he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Now we've taught on this at some point. The Bible talks about how it says that God said. He created the universe with his fingers. He created the world with his hand. But then it says when he raised Christ from the dead. He made bare his right arm. So the greatest Exertion of power that God ever exerted was when He raised Jesus from the dead. Greatest demonstration of His power. And He said, The power that works in you is that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. If that power could raise Jesus from the dead when all of hell and every part of the enemy was arranged against it and trying to stop it and yet they could not stop it, what cannot be stopped in your life because that same power dwells on the inside of you? But the thing with power is it can be in you, it can be contained in you, it needs to have a channel, it needs to have a release place, it needs to be channeled. Amen. 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 The same power. One translation says, the power that he exercised in raising Christ from the dead. That very same power is what the Father desires to exercise on our behalf. Amen. Instead of preachers talking about how bad the country is and what a shape the church is in, they ought to be talking about the power of God. Amen. 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 I have people that say, do you watch much Christian TV? Not much. I do watch it. I start off the morning watching my pastor. Well, who else do you watch? Not many. Many. Amen. I don't need a social commentary. I don't need a political commentary. I need to know what God's saying about the church today. Amen. Yeah, but you know, we should be involved. I believe we should be involved. I, I spent a large part of last election year telling you to get involved and why you should be involved. But the bottom line is this you got so many people that are talking and, and, and leaving it to, uh, 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 leaving the impression that because of the administration that's currently in power, that, dear God, what are we going to do? And you just got Christians wringing their hands and, and they don't know what they're going to do. I tell you what we're going to do. We're just going to act like the word is true and we're going to believe the word and pray the power and see what God does. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able. Now now this is important because he's talking about ability. But God can be able to do something. And it's no evidence that he can do it for you. People say, well, he's able, why can't he do it for me? I've got to be a channel. I was talking with one young man one time, many years ago, and he was having trouble in his marriage. And he and I had been talking about it, and, and, uh, and I told him some things to do. Now when I tell these stories, you kind of get an idea how I think. And I told him some things to do. I'd, I'd, I'd given him a book to read, and, and, and I talked to him and his wife. It wasn't just that I was, you know, I wasn't just throwing him a book and saying, here, do your best. But we, we were out one day doing some things, and he was talking to me. And he said, yeah, but what do I do about this? I said, uh, have you read that book I gave you? He said, no. I said, then I can't help you. I said, you yeah, haven't done the first thing I told you to do. If you haven't done the first thing I told you to do, it does no, it, right? Charles Caps, you say, it's like trying to build a third, a, a third floor on, on a, a third story on, an, on, a, on, a, on a, 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 a vacant lot. You can't do it you got to have a foundation. I say, you got to have a foundation. And so there are things that God says, I'm able to do, but there's things I need you to do. Hallelujah. Re- remember when the little girl said to uh, uh, Naaman's wife, she said, if my master was in Israel, the prophet of God could cleanse him. Right? Evidently, she had seen that. He went, and you remember the story. He didn't like the response he got. So he's turning his back on God's ability because there was something he needed to do. If the power's going to flow through you and I, there'll be something we've got to do. And he says God is able to do, notice, exceeding abundantly. Now, now notice that there's there's no punctuation between those words. It's not exceeding, comma, abundantly. It's exceeding abundantly. In other words, what he can do exceeds abundance. Uh, Abundance, there's no way to measure it. Just abundance. If you looked at me and I said, how's your finances? And you said, oh, we got abundance. Well, that means you got more than enough. I, you know, there's really no way to number it. That God says, I can do exceeding abundantly. I can exceed abundance. Hey, God. Amen. Where this is concern. Yes. Above all that we ask or think. Whew. Now think about that for a moment. Ever how big or little you're thinking. It can seem like the biggest thing in the world. And he said he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to what? According to the power that works in us. Right? Notice, he can do that according to the power... That works in us. The the RSV says by the power at work within us. Oh my Lord. So it's not something coming from the outside. It's something that has to come from the inside. It's something that has to come from the inside. To change my thinking. To change. to, to, To change something outwardly. It changes from within me. Amen. And he says, one translation says, through his power, which, at, which is at work within us. See, I'm wired for power. So that power's working right now. That power's working right now. When, when a thought that something's going to overtake your body comes to you, your response has to be no, 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 no. The power is working within me right now. What's it doing effecting change burning that out of my body burning that out of my cells burning that out of my system. The power of God. Amen that it, it's in us right now God works to the degree that we release and cooperate with his power. It's 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 a cooperation it's a synergy between God and us. And when I, when I choose to release that power, yeah, but how do I do that? You just get up every day and you say, Father, I'm going to release, I'm going to assign the power of God to that situation today. Well, how do I know it's changed? You know it's changed by faith. You know it's changed because you've acted on the Word. You, you, when you have acted on the Word, it has started to change. Because very often that's what you can do. I can act on the Word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? When God starts telling you that He's going to bring you out of debt. And God starts talking to you. And you know, He has said that to us. Well, then you take the step you can take. You do what you can do. You assign the power of God to that thing. You pull your bills out and you lay hands on them. And you say, Father, you desire to bring me out of debt? Now, if there's anything I need to do, something I need to change, I'll do it. I'll sow the seed you tell me to sow. But in the name of Jesus, I'm debt free. Now, you have assigned the power of God. Charles Caps found himself a, a, a few million in debt. Had had, had a lot of problems. All those crops had failed and, and he got himself in a mess and, and, and had some land development he couldn't sell and, and nobody would buy it. And he went in there and got all those bills out and called his daughter Annette in and said, I want you to be a witness to this. And he laid his hands on those bills and he said, Jesus said, if I'd speak to the mountain, the mountain would be moved. Are you mountain of debt? I speak to you and I tell you to cease to exist. Dissolve. Go away in Jesus' name. And he, and, he, and he walked off. And he said, people said, didn't you feel a little foolish? He said, no, I felt a lot foolish. But that was what he could do. I'm not, I'm not telling you not to take responsibility. I'm not telling you that things will just go away. You know, if you've got responsibilities, there's things you've got to do. But at what point do you assign the power of God? Whiny babies don't get the power. All your whining does nothing to produce the power. Amen. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go out in the garden and eat worms. That's whining. Whining doesn't get the power. There's no wine in faith. Amen. Brother Hagan laid hands on a woman one time and prayed for her. And they said, well, did she receive? And he said, no, I don't think so. The wine never left her voice. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to do. And everybody's against me. And and nothing's working out right. Nobody wants me to use my gift. And nobody thinks I'm anointed. Come on, man. The power of God will not. Nobody wants to use your gift because you're hopelessly unfaithful and unreliable. It's when you prove your reliability and you say, I'm a channel for the power of God to move and I want God to do something in my life on a regular basis and you get up and you assign the power of God to that thing every day. Amen. Amen. I'm helping somebody. <laughs> First Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2. I, 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 I'm, I'm not... I'm not... Listen. I'm... I'm not, I'm not trying to be difficult, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the, the, power lands on, the power doesn't land on people that bounce around. If you can't be faithful somewhere and you can't be committed, you can't expect to ever be a constant channel for the power of God to flow. I, I, will, I will use a faithful person before I'll use a talented person every day. Because faithfulness gets you put in the game. You can be the most talented person in the world and be hopelessly unfaithful. Well, the gifts move through me. That means nothing. I don't care. The gifts move as the Spirit wills. It's not a sign of maturity. I've had people speak in tongues one minute and get mad at somebody the next. It's not maturity. It's, it's people that are constantly saying, I want the power of God to flow in my life. I want, I want to be where the power is. We say it this way in the church. I want to be under the spout where the glory is coming out. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. First Corinthians 2. Let me hurry a little bit. Oh, it's early yet, but... 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4. And my speech and my preaching... Was not with enticing or persuasible words of men's wisdom, but in notice, demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Now, notice, again, we have a colon. We could put the word so in front of that word that in verse five so that your faith should not stand or be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I didn't try to persuade you with my words. I didn't try to use enticing words. I came in a demonstration of the power of God so that your faith would not be in men's wisdom, but in the power of God. See, I've got to put faith in the power. His, His ministry was accompanied by the Spirit and power. The way translation says, but with convincing power of the Spirit. And notice, he said this was so that their faith was in the power of God. You remember what Paul said in another place? He said there are people that deny the power of God. Isn't that what it says? They deny the power of the gospel. There are Christians, you know, that deny the power of God. They act like it doesn't exist. And now, now, it could be something as simple as, as, as I say simple, but as a, what you hear a lot is, well, you know, uh, God can heal if He wants to. Well, what they just do? Deny the power of God. Yeah. Amen. Here's something for you to remember as, as Pentecostals, because we believe the Word. Yeah. Nothing is impossible for God. Now, now we think about that, and we're not just saying it like religious people do. Oh, God can do anything, brother, and if it's His will, He'll do it for you. Wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. That's like, come on, I'll, I'll buy you dinner if I like the food. Well, either you're buying or you're not. I don't hear you if it's His will. Wait a minute. How do I know? Well, you just never know. Well, how can we ever know? Oh, brother, His ways are past finding out. There's things we just won't know till we get to heaven. And I know there are things that, that we won't know till we get to heaven. There's things happening in my life. I, I can't explain it. But here's what I know. Where His will is clearly written, I know. Amen. Amen. Do you see this? So, but here's my point. I was talking with a guy one time. And uh, he got upset with me. And he got upset with me. And, and, and please, if, if you believe along these lines, please don't get mad at me. But he believed that the earth is flat. Now, I know what you're saying. What's that got to do with the power of God? Nothing. Has nothing to do with heaven and hell. If you're in here and you're a flat earther, you can go to heaven. You're, you're going to find out how wrong you are. But I had made a statement from the pulpit. And I, and I was talking about something from the work. And I said, that's as absurd as believing the earth is flat. Now, I'm not a facetious person. I'm not trying to hurt nobody. Nobody. They, they asked me to meet me in my office, and I'd known him for a number of years. I said, okay. And we got there, and, and I sat down, and he sat down, and he said, I can prove it. And I said, what? What, what can you prove? <laughs> that the earth's flat. And I, and I, I guess I, I kind of had to, hmm. what, what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, this person made a statement. They said, it's absurd to think that the earth can be round and just hanging in a vacuum in space, orbiting the sun. When they made that statement, the Lord said to me, unless you factor in the power of God. You know, I cannot figure out the universe. I'm on a planet right now that is rotating so fast that everybody's held down by the centrifugal force of gravity. You know, we're working sideways. We're hanging sideways off the earth. There are people that are on the bottom of the earth. And the earth is rotating so fast. Right? That we're... now. I can't wrap my mind around that. Right now the universe is expanding at the speed of light. I heard a statistic one time about how many millions of galaxies are formed every week. But to say that that's not so is to deny The power of God. It's to try to figure something out. That you can. Work in your mind. If you've ever been. For instance to the Philippines. To the other side of the world. You know the earth's round. Now I'm not talking about science. But here's what I'm saying. Why? Because when it's light here it's dark there. Where'd the sun go? That's all it takes. But here's the point. To say something different is to deny the power of God. To deny the power. And when you start denying the power of God in one place, it's easier for you to deny the power of God in another place. If you deny the power of God where natural things are concerned, you'll start denying the power of God where spiritual things are concerned. Because once you open the door to any doubt about God's power, you open the door to doubt where God's power is concerned throughout. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? So there are things that are they don't make sense unless you factor in the power of God. I've heard some of of your testimonies in here. And it makes no sense that you're sitting here today. It makes no sense that your life is the way it is. How in the world are you where you're at? How has God done for you what He's done? The only thing you can say is that's the power of God. God did that. That's the power of God. Mm, Hallelujah. Natural man's wisdom will deny the power of God. It will deny the power of God. When when we preach about accounts, uh, uh, the young man chopping down the tree and the axe head flew into the river and the man of God, the man of God said, where did it fall? He said, right there. And he stuck a stick in the water and the iron swam. There are people who go, that's impossible unless you factor in the power of God. Hmm... You know, Jesus didn't walk on the water as some kind of Jesus trick. You know, even when Jesus got in the boat, he, he didn't say, no, don't ever try that. Well, well, what was it? Every step he took, the power of God on the inside of him changed what was, what was unstable matter into stable matter. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because the power that was in him, yeah. that same power lives in you. Amen. Now that, that, that doesn't mean you can go walk on the water or should try. You don't have no need to. Amen. Jesus had a need to walk on the water. They had to get across the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. You may not have a need. I believe if you had a need, you could. That's my opinion. You do whatever you want to with it. But that's the power of God. Spiritual people place faith in the power of God. Well, they said they're going to let us go on our job. Place your faith in the power of God, not in your job. No, don't put more stock in what they said than what God said. Amen. Hallelujah. I've told this story often about the little guy that I worked with when I worked in the corporate world. And he would come to me, and he'd say, well, you know, they said the the word's going to come down, and they're going to let us all go. And finally, one day, I talked to him, and I said, his name was Daniel. And I said, Daniel, I I got to tell you something. He said, what's that? I said, as long as I'm here, you got a job. He said, what do you mean? I said, because as long as I need a job, this place can't close. He looked at me about like that. But I had read the scripture in the book of Genesis where it said that when Joseph, a slave that was that was sold into slavery, came into a heathen's house named Potiphar, it says that everything in Potiphar's house increased. And when I read that, I thought this corporation I'm working for is blessed because of me. They need me. Right. Right i i the lord told me he said february 22nd 1990, uh, uh, 90, 1999 is your last day on your job and i gave my notice and uh stepped in the full-time pastor and i went back a couple weeks later to get my final check final vacation and final paycheck and i walked in daniel came around the corner and he said well you're right and i forgot all about it i said well what do you mean and he said yep he said two weeks after you left word came down we're closing now, now, no, understand, everybody kept a job. They transferred them to other places. So I'm not saying I don't care about people lost their job. But people say, well, that was a coincidence. Mm-hmm, unless you factor in the power of God. Amen. Amen. Power. Amen. So how long will you have a job as long as you need one? How long will business come to you as long as you need it? Amen. They'll create a position for you. Yeah, but you know the economy. Wait a minute. You're factoring in the power of the economy and not the power of God. That's how you thrive in perilous times. That's how you thrive in a time of famine is you're putting your faith in the power of God. you got to be talking over your investments. you got to be talking over your job. My investments thrive. My investments flourish. If nobody else's investments are climbing, mine are climbing. God. Amen. Let me read one more scripture, shall we? 2 Timothy 1. The power of God. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. Notice that Paul says something to the young Timothy. And he says, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the Putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power. And love and of a sound mind. And then he says be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me his prisoner. But be partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. According to the power of God. So notice the first thing he says. Is that you and I. Have not been given a spirit of fear. But of power. The very first thing is power. And then what we'll follows power? Love, sound mind. And then he said, one translation says of verse 8. So never be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Nor be embarrassed over my imprisonment. But overcome every evil. By the revelation Of the power of God. Overcome every evil. By the revelation. Of the power of God. So as as I'm attempting to wrap this up. So what could change. In our lives. With a revelation. Of the power of God. He told Timothy. You'll overcome every evil. With a revelation. Of the power of God. The uncovering of what the power Is in your life you know you know you know very often when people uh uh start talking about the power of god and especially in our pentecostal circles uh it it comes down to an argument uh about tongues well there's no argument about tongues i mean it's it's evident if 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 you believe the bible and you're a new testament believer you can't argue against being filled with the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues the evidence is overwhelming it's overwhelming all right, every, every time, when, when Paul went to the, the saints in Ephesus and he met these disciples, the very first question he asked them was, have you, been born, have you, have you received the Holy Ghost Amen. since you believed? Yes. Now, if it wasn't important, why did he go to them and say, hey, you guys are, you know, you've received the uh, salvation. Are you filled with the Holy Ghost? And they said, we didn't know where there'd be any Holy Ghost. <laughs> Paul said, well, let's fix that. And it says he laid hands on them and they all spoke with tongues and prophesied. Isn't that right? Amen. In in, in the house of Cornelius, it says that while Peter was preaching, that the Holy Ghost came on them. And they all heard him speak with tongues and glorify God. And what did Peter say? Can we deny water to these? So what was tongues coming on them evidence to Peter? They were born again. Hallelujah. Now, my point making it so you can't argue that point. I mean, you can, but you'll lose. It's not an issue of our tongues, God's will. It's an issue of what came that tongues are the evidence of. It's evidence that I have power. Now somebody will say, "Well, you know, I've never received the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and I have that power, uh, not according to Scripture." Oh, well, it got quiet. Now that, that that doesn't mean that a person's not saved; doesn't mean they're not going to heaven, but it does mean this: there's something missing. There's something missing. Hallelujah! Listen, when I was a boy growing up. I could tell the difference. I was raised Pentecostal, and uh, every every uh, summer we'd go stay with my grandmother. Well, my grandmother didn't drive, and so she lived in a in a in a in a little mobile home on some land that my uh, my uncle Carl and Aunt Pauline owned. And my uncle Carl was a farmer, and a, a tobacco farmer. And uh, I know you know that's that's not a good Christian living was what people ought to say. But anyway, that's what he did. He's a good man. But they went to the Christian Baptist Church. Well, she couldn't drive. My aunt didn't drive. So every summer, we went to every service at the Christian Baptist Church. Good people. But my Lord, there was a difference. Not just a difference in music. Not just a difference in in the way people sang and did they raise their hands. A difference in power. A difference in power. I say a difference in power. When I, when I was growing up, there, there were times we would get in the presence of God and the power of God would come into that church. And people, people would just... That's why you got to be so cautious. You know, there, there are times that, the, that the, the, the power of God will flow into our services and just this holy hush comes over the place. That's not the time to speak in tongues. That's not the time to give a prophecy. That's time to to bask in that power. Because something's changing. It's that still small voice. Amen. Amen. You, You see what I'm saying? And it's not just something that's available if you were raised Pentecostal. It's something that's available to every believer. What qualifies you to be filled with that power is the fact that you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. And that's the next step. Amen. Do you believe that? Let's bow our heads today, shall we?